I want to ask you a question. Is it more important to know why, or is it more important to know how? If you're like me, even as recently as a year ago, you probably think that knowing why trumps knowing how. And the reason that you probably think that is because if you know why something happens, then you can change the behavior to make something new happen. Unfortunately, knowing why something happens does not guarantee that you know how to change it. Therefore, I am going to tell you, despite what I have said in the past, and I have said that knowing why is really important, that the truth is, is that knowing how is more important. All right, I'm going to give a couple of examples of this for us to launch from in book marketing. The first example is, do you know why you currently weigh the weight that you do? Probably you're going to say, uh, because I eat too much and I don't exercise enough, or uh, because I watch what I eat and I exercise if you're thinner. Um, most of you know roughly why you weigh what you do. I drink too much, uh, or I choose not to eat sweets. I don't eat sugar. You all have your whys. Now we're at the place where I want to ask you, do you know how to reduce your body fat and increase your lean muscle mass? And if you can answer that question, isn't that more important than why? Because all day long, I can say, I weigh too much because I drink too much alcohol. Now, I will give you the, the caveat right here that I am 19 days on the carnivore diet. I've spoken about this on the podcast. I've sent it out in my weekly newsletter. I'm a big fan. I'm a convert. But I'm also currently stuck at 239 pounds. Uh, I, I lost a quick 15 pounds on carnivore. And day after day after day after day, I continue to weigh 239. I weigh myself every single day, and it is like, boom, every single day. Somewhere in the 239, you know, plus or minus a couple of ounces. It's really wild. It's strange. I don't understand it. My wife seems to believe that my waist is shrinking and that I'm gaining lean muscle mass. All the research that I've done suggests that that's not the case because you can't gain lean muscle mass that quickly. Don't ask me <laughs> why, because I don't know why but I do know something really fantastic, and that is how to change this from where it is. This is TRBM, a podcast for authors who are serious about earning a full-time living selling books to readers. I'm the host, Jody J. Sperling, and each episode, I'll share with you practical tips on marketing and selling your books. And I won't hold anything back. Sometimes I fail. Every time I do, you'll know it. Sometimes I succeed, and when I do, I'll give you my step-by-step -step replay so you can succeed too. Thanks for listening. How do I change it? Eat less. Right now, that's the case, is that I am currently eating enough on carnivore that I'm maintaining my weight. Um, there's another how I can do this, and that would be going to time-restricted feeding, or some people call it intermittent fasting. I could eat only 16 hours of the, uh, only eight hours of the day and fast for 16, that would budge the scale. The scale would start to move down. There are two things I know how to do. I can just do them. It doesn't matter why I'm not doing them, does it? I'll tell you why I'm not doing them. Why I'm not doing them is because I love cream in my coffee in the morning and it's, it's like this ritual that I've built up and I tell myself that I deserve this coffee because I'm already not drinking alcohol and I'm not eating sweets and it's just really difficult. I deserve this coffee but deserving the coffee doesn't make the weight come off, does it? So why doesn't matter? How matters. I know how to do it. And if I choose to do it, then I will do it. And it is a choice either way. 
Okay, it's a choice. It's not, it's not me being compelled to drink the cream in my coffee. It's a choice. And I'm choosing to drink cream every day. It's cool maintaining because I was gaining weight for a really long time. And so at the moment, the pull to change this is not very high. Um, when it is, then I know exactly how to get what I want. I just took a little sip of coffee um, to underscore it. You talk about it enough and then you want it. All right, so let's move on to another example. We'll talk about uh, books. Books is great. Okay, so let's talk about another example. Let's talk about love. Love is something that we all love. We love love. Everyone loves love. And I, I could ask you, why don't I receive love? Why is it so hard for me to feel love? Why am I suspicious of people who claim to love me? Uh, and I can speculate at some answers all day long. But at the end of that navel gazing, what do I gain? What do I have? I have a bunch of reasons why I feel this way, but do I feel any more loved? What if I spent an hour journaling about it? Because journaling is so incredibly important in this world. You got to journal to know yourself better. And when you know yourself better, then what? You're going to feel better? I doubt it. I doubt it. The only place I could see where journaling would lead you feeling better about yourself is if it led you to change. And if it led you to change, then you just moved over into the territory of, you guessed it, how? How do I feel better? How do I feel better is always a really easy question to answer. How do I feel loved? How do I feel loved? Not why do I feel loved or why don't I feel loved, but how do I feel loved? For me, there's some really simple things. When you're talking about the closest relationships in my life, my wife, my family, my dearest friends, uh, I feel loved when someone squeezes my shoulder. I feel loved when someone gives me a hug. I feel loved, and I'm talking about these close relationships. I don't want a stranger to hug me. Do not touch me if you're a stranger. Even handshakes are a little bit sketchy for me. There's something about physical touch that is so precious and so powerful to me that I only want to give it to the people that I really trust. Um, and I feel okay about that because culturally in countries like Japan, there's not a whole lot of physical touch. And so I know that it's not just me being a, a frigid douchebag. Um, touch is just valuable to me. I prize it highly. Uh, but when my wife is home uh, for the day and I'm working, maybe I come downstairs to refill my coffee uh, and I walk past her and she's like, hey. Uh, and I say, yeah. And I turn and she stands up and she gives me a hug. Ooh, oh my gosh. I'm over the moon. That's like love fuel for hours. Um, if I'm just, you know, we're doing chores on the weekend or something and she stops and gives me a little kiss on the lips. Wow, I feel amazing. And I love I love initiating that with her, and I do a ton. She probably would tell you that I am too physical um, for her preferences because not everybody receives love in the same way. But, you know, like those things really fill me up. And so I, I give them a lot, but I don't receive them as much as I want to. And so I have had to learn to, to tell her, like, you need to up your, your shoulder squeezing game. You need to up your hug game. You need to up your little kiss on the lips game. I need more of that because I feel love. And you know what's really cool about that whole process that I just talked you through? It's all in the domain of how. How do I feel more loved? So not only do I know how I don't feel loved, and it's when I'm not being touched by the people that I trust and care about, when they're not reaching out and physically putting hands on me. That is how I feel loved. And so when they're not doing that, I feel a lack of love. I feel a little bit lonely. What is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm going to tell you, it's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? 
Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when the time you spend doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results and it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make Ammo work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah-rah shishkoom boss tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, Ammo shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step through a unique, highly tested and targeted formula. The founder, Steve Piper, is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself, where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following and millions of copies sold. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery of not knowing who's reading your books and losing 50 to 70% of your hard-earned money that you're making through sales, Ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readership. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. Also, words of affirmation. I don't want to go too deep into this whole love languages thing. It's uh, like a scar from my past. People talk about it all the time, but it is true. If you tell me that you love something I do, if you tell me you love my books, if you tell me you love uh, the sound of my voice, if you tell me you love my podcast, any of those things, those words of affirmation, they go so deep into me and they fill me up and I feel loved and I feel encouraged and I want to keep doing things. We're all in the domain of the how. How beats why every single time. It's great to know why, but it really doesn't change anything. Why do I use drugs? Why do I drink alcohol? I'm not doing either of those things currently, but I have no issue with either of them. Why do I do it? Because it feels good. So my friends, if you simply love to know why things happen, be my guest, do your journaling, Delve deep into the self, but understand that knowing why is not going to change how you feel. It's not going to change your level of success. It's not going to change the the amount of love that you you get. It's not going to change anything to know why. There is uh, a previous episode of this podcast that I recorded with some people that I I so so admire. I'm not going to name them because I'm going to talk a little bit of um, you know kind of revision on my thought process. Uh, but they had recommended to me that I read the work of Simon Sinek, uh, and I'm also going to give the caveat that Simon Sinek has been doing his thing for a whole lot longer than I've been doing my thing. He has proven very successful. Uh, people are apostles of his way of thinking, uh, and so. How he's done what he's done is undisputably correct. But he is uh, an apostle. He is uh, spreading the news that why is really important. He'll talk about companies like Coke. He'll talk about Warren Buffett. And he'll talk about why they're doing what they're doing and understanding their why and getting a crystal clear picture of why. He does that because it's safe. And that's what I want to tell you right now. If you're a fan of Simon Sinek, good for you. If you're a successful fan of Simon Sinek, still good for you. It's really easy when you've made it to the other side of success to look back and be like, oh, well, that's uh, that's that's why it all happened, because I had a clear understanding of what I wanted. I had a clear picture of why I was doing what I was doing. Uh, in fact, 
I'll borrow again because this is like my daily life at the moment. I'll borrow again from the world of diet. Uh, people, people say, you know, you cannot succeed on the carnivore diet unless you have a clear why. It's like that's such a popular catchphrase right now. You have to have a clear why. I believed it. I bought into it until I started to understand that it didn't matter, that nothing was changing for me when I had a clear why. Well, I have a clear why. Um, why should I uh, be sober from alcohol? Because my liver is really taking a beating and I'm going to live a shorter life and I'm going to reach the, the uh, sunset years of my life and my body is going to betray me. And so I'm probably going to live somewhere between five and seven years of just absolute mercy, like, like misery, not mercy, absolute misery. And I will live that way because I have destroyed my body with alcohol. There's, there's a clear why. I want to see my kids get married. I want to meet my grandkids, blah, blah, blah. These are all whys. These are clear, compelling whys. But you know what they, they lack? Actual motivation. Because what I, what I want to know is how do I feel best today? How do I feel best today? And when it comes down to that question, it, it's really, really easy to not realize what's actually happening. How do I feel best today? Probably if I'm only paying attention to this 24 hour period, then I'm gonna tell you that how I feel best is taking a drink, having a shot or two or five of vodka because ugh, that feeling of being completely bathed in the present moment and getting rid of all of the negativity and all of the chatter and the voices in my head that are telling me I'm a loser and I'm no good, all of that becomes silent when I take those drinks. All of it goes away. Everything just settles and I can be present in the moment. I can have what feels like really creative ideas. I can be uninhibited to do my best work. That's what feels best. So if I'm asking uh, like that question on a short enough scale, then that's the answer I'm going to give myself. But how do I feel best today? If I really ask the how question, then I start to say doing this behavior over a long enough time frame is going to give me the result I want. Sometimes you have to reach outside of yourself and say, all right, I've seen these people say that this set of behaviors leads to this outcome. And now I am currently in a world where I'm drinking, like I was talking about, two to five shots of vodka, and it's doling down all of the stuff that I don't like, and I feel really good. But on a daily basis, I'm always running into these moments where I'm like, God, I'm a piece of shit. Ugh. I am such a piece of shit and I can't keep doing this. You know, I'm like, the, the, the evenings are fuzzy. I can't quite remember what's happening. I'm not sure what time I went to bed. I feel a little bit nauseated in the mornings. It's just like, I can feel the nagging sense that something's not right. So pff, suddenly I have this how, all right? I'm gonna borrow someone else's how. How do I feel my best? They say that if I stop drinking, that if I embrace this way of eating, that I'm going to get to that great feeling place and I just hang on another day and I hang on another day. Why do I feel like shit? Well, because you know I've been drinking and now I'm not. Does that change how I feel? No. So if that's my, my, my why is that I wanna feel better, then you can look back into the past and I can identify that, 
I took 19 days to be on the carnivore diet and I started to realize I really actually do feel better. I had a conversation with my brother-in-law the other night and I was completely there. I was 100% engaged. I was enjoying the time and I didn't feel like I needed to be a different me to be around him. I was really happy being me. And even when he made like, you know, jokes about me not drinking anymore, I felt pretty solid. I felt good. I was like, this is great. I like this. Um, wow. That is that is compelling. Now, I could be tempted to look back and be like, well, that's my why, is that I feel good being myself. But I didn't know that when I made the change. All I knew is that someone said, this is how you feel better. And I just clung to the how, and I did the how. If I, if I needed that clear, compelling why, it didn't even exist. Do you understand that? The why existed only in the future, and it could only be proved by doing the how long enough. That's where you are going way off track. So now, let's talk about book marketing. Well, you can have a clear, compelling why to your writing journey. Why do you like to write? Fuck it, right? Why do you like to write? Who the fuck cares why you like to write? Do you like to write? Yes. <laughs> I'm so tired of that question. It's ridiculous. You just have to have your clear, compelling why you like to write, and that's going to fix everything. No, it won't. Most of us don't. Let me ask you another question. Are you in a relationship right now with someone that you love and want to spend your time with and have romantical feelings about? Are you in a relationship with uh, like a, a friend that you don't have romantical feelings about, but you want to keep them around? Why do you like them? Just ask yourself, why do you like them? A lot of times people will go to the really easy response of, um, well, I feel good when I'm around them. So you like them because they make you feel good. That's compelling. <laughs> That's really not selfish. Um, or you could be the person who's actually run into these questions before. And instead of just casting off why as being a useless navel gazing waste of our time, you could come up with things like, oh, I really like them because of their generous spirit. And I like them because uh, of, of their kindness and their inner beauty. Oh, I just, I like them and they make the world a better place. And I, I know that to be true. Seems pretty lame, right? It is pretty lame. Um, but then you can go back to how, and how is much, much better. Uh, how do you feel best? I feel best when I write. Why? Don't care. How do I like the world when I'm reading? Okay, so I'm going to read more. Uh, how do I feel good? How do I blah, 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 blah. Sorry, I'm, I'm going almost faster than my brain can right now. But that's because how gets things done. Why is an excuse to never do anything. How gives you the ability to project into the future and to have this word that I don't exactly love, but that is true, and it's called patience. How instills you with the patience to endure and persist. And it also gives you a litmus test to know when somebody is worth following and when somebody is full of shit. If someone tells you you need to have your clear, compelling why, they're full of shit and they actually don't understand how they got where they are. I am, unfortunately, talking to Simon Sinek in this case. I'm talking to anybody who really buys into the clear, compelling why. It's also a crock of shit. I'm absolutely willing for you to tell me why I'm wrong here, but then aren't we all suddenly very suspicious of why? How do you do things? Okay, let's get really deep into the book marketing. I said we were going to, I went off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think it added value. How do we do this thing called book marketing? How do we sell more books? All right, foundational, write a good book. How do you get readers? Not by writing a good book. Let's just be honest. You don't get readers by writing a good book. So don't worry about writing a good book or wait a second. 
We'll get there, but you need to write a good book. How do you get readers? They have to be able to find your book. That's probably the first biggest thing, right? You have to have people who find your book, which is why for most of us, our family members are the ones who first buy our books because they found it. They know us. We have this book. They want to support us maybe once the first book we write. So they buy a copy of the book. They likely don't read it. That's just the truth. Most of the first people who buy your book likely don't read it because they bought it, not because they wanted to read it, but because they knew you. And here's an interesting thing. How do you sell books? By getting people to know you and like you. How do you be likable? By being kind to people, by investing in people, by giving to people. All of these things are well known. So we don't need to know why they like us. It doesn't matter that we know why they like us because it might be different for everyone. My version of nice might be your version of like, get the fuck away from me. I know I'm cussing a lot in this episode. I'm, I'm kind of steamed right now. I'm, I'm cooked a little bit. I'm feeling a sense of urgency. How do you sell books? By getting people to know you, by getting people to like you. How do you sell more books? By getting those same people who know and like you to know and like your book. How do you get them to know and like your book? Aha, by writing a good book. Well, but like, why? Why aren't they recommending it to other people? Why aren't they recommending it to other people? Um, like, is it, is it my philosophy on life? Is it the things I think, are they valueless? Are they, are they pointless? Like, is it the fact that I have a, a, a broken philosophy? Is, do I not know how to write a three-act structure? All of these whys have value to ask, maybe? But they don't matter. They don't change anything. How can I write a better book? Read some books on craft. Read more books. If you're one of the people out there right now who says that you don't read books while you're writing a book because you don't want it to influence your tone, you have completely missed the point. Read more books so that there are possible numbers of books in your head to influence your tone. I will be honest with you. There are a few authors whose tones I could pick out if I read them in like a, not a blindfolded test because I can't read Braille, but you know what I mean. There are a few authors whose tone is so clear in my mind that I could absolutely pick them out. But by and large, after reading a couple thousand books in my life, Tone just is like this this melting pot. It's like America. In the United States of America, we're a melting pot. There's so much inside of my brain that nobody I read is going to influence too much what I write at this point. And that's also true because I've just written shit down at this point. Keep it up with the cussing. <laughs> Uh, I have I have written so many stories. I've written so many books and not as many as other people. There are definitely authors who are more prolific than I. However, I've written enough and I have read enough and widely enough that I don't get influenced too much. There may be uh, occasions where you will see that I will use extra M dashes if I'm reading a literary book uh, by an author who uses a lot of M dashes. You might find that I write longer sentences if I've just finished reading a Robert Olin book. Uh, Butler book because he writes really long winding sentences and I love them. I love the way that he writes sentences. So you can look and, and kind of see minor influences, but I always go back and smooth that out in editing anyway. So just get it on the page. Don't worry about it. If you're not reading what you're writing, I guarantee you, you're not writing the best stuff that you could because more practice makes better. Um, and, and that's just the truth, okay? So now we know that you get more readers by writing better books and you write better books by reading more books and writing more books. Those are the, the two things. If you do those things, you're going to have success. You don't need to worry about the why, just 
worry about the how. Now, there are people like uh, a forthcoming guest that I have on this podcast, Stephen Pressfield. Yes, that's right. I just announced it unceremoniously in the middle of this episode that he will be on the podcast coming in March. Um, there are people like him who says he reads primarily nonfiction, and he's doing that a lot to uh, inform the fiction that he writes. So he'll read deeply on the topic he's about to write on. The cool thing about doing that, though, is he's still reading and seeing sentence structure, grammatical construction. He's still being steeped in this world. And, and even when you read nonfiction, it's actually being fictionalized in your brain. That's a little bit of a tangent, but it's true. So just read. Don't worry about what you read. Again, why do I read fiction? Doesn't matter. Why do I read nonfiction? Doesn't matter. Why do I read mostly graphic novels? Doesn't matter. How do I get better? By reading. So there we go. Don't worry so much about the why. It has nothing to do with how you get where you get. How do I sell more books? By being found, by writing good books. How do I get found more? By advertising. So you can pay money to Amazon. You can pay money to Facebook. You can pay money to YouTube to get in front of people who are already part of that ecosystem. Facebook's done a great job getting billions of people to use its platform. And when you pay them, they will actually bar lend you their audience. You can super hyper target and find those people. How do you sell more books? By paying to advertise. Now, here's a cool thing. You want to sell 10 copies of your book every single day? Spend enough money on Facebook, and I guarantee you, you will. No matter how good your book is, you will sell 10 copies of it a day. I don't know what that dollar amount is going to be for you, and that becomes a really important question, a how question. How do I profitably get more readers? That's a question that I'm always grappling with, and it is a slippery, trickery, trickery, trickery question indeed. Asking how is the way. Asking why is not the way. Why did more people not buy my book? Why, when eight people clicked on my ad, did only one of them buy? Don't know, but I do know something, and it has nothing to do with why. Something in my ad is broken. Something in my delivery is broken. How do I fix it? I continue to research. I continue to A-B test. I continue to press new buttons and new levers and rejigger things, move stuff around, change wording, change images. That is how I fix this problem. Why it's happening doesn't matter. I can moan and groan and gripe all day long, but it doesn't fix the problem. There are people out there who will get really, really upset that uh, companies like uh, one that I, I used for a long time called Unbounce um, to design my landing page, that that costs $120 a month for a basic plan um, and can go up as high as like $1,000 a month if you're really using it heavily. Um, that is a huge expense. And some people can be like, why? Why would they be so selfish? Well, because they're the people out there who can take advantage uh, because they're the only ones doing what they're doing. Well, great for you. You just discovered the why, but does it change that you still need them? No. So how do you how do you factor that into your budget? You sell more books. How do you sell more books? Let's go back to the drawing board. A, B test. Make your ad better. Make your creative better. Make your audience targeting better. All of those kind of things. Figure out how to run ads profitably. And eventually, on a large enough scale, if you make a dollar and a penny for every dollar you spend, you can spend infinitely and just make more money. So if you make a dollar and a penny per every dollar that you spend, when you spend $100, then you make a dollar. That's not a lot of money, but if you spend $1,000, then you make $10. And if you spend $10,000, you make 100. And if you spend uh, $100,000, then you make 1,000. I, 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 like, <laughs> you get the point. So if I spend a million dollars a day and I make a dollar and a penny per dollar, then I have a living wage. And the cool thing is, is that that million dollars that I just spent is feeding the ecosystem of Amazon. And there are people who are working in the ad department whose salaries I am paying by my work. 
I'm paying people salaries. I'm paying people to live. And so I'm a contributing member of society. That's really cool. Those are all whys. I write because I want to, um, this is my why. This is my, my why right now. Um, I'm being facetious if you didn't notice that. But my why is that I want to support 15 people's families with my books. Um, and I know that all this advertising is supporting those people. And that's, that's my why for writing is because I know that my books are supporting other families. That may be cool uh, to think about but it's certainly not your why. It was not your why when you started. It's only your why when you look back and realize that that's a cool byproduct of what you're doing. I don't know why I write. I'm not gonna waste another minute of my life trying to figure out why I write. It is useless, but I will continue to spend a lot of my time figuring out how I can reach more of you. I will spend more of my time figuring out how I can reach more of you uh, with less expense to myself. I wanna be more profitable. To a degree, I wanna be more profitable. I want to make uh, a dollar for every dollar I spend. That for me is the golden nugget. If I can make a dollar for every dollar I spend, then I can really quickly scale to a point where I make enough money that uh, I can do the things I want, when I want, with who I want, how I want to do them, how I want to do them, not why I want to do them. I don't know why I want to go to Mexico. Um, I could go off on huge tangents here because I am deeply in love with and compelled by Mexican culture, especially. I really like Mexican culture, always have. I like uh, the Mexican people, the Mexican Mexican population. I like Mexican food. Uh, I like the climate in Mexico. There's everything to like about Mexico. Um, you know, the, the cartels and the drugs are a little bit scary, but generally speaking, Mexico is a really cool place and I love it. I don't know why I love it. Never have known why I love it, but I know that I love it. Um, and so how do I get closer to engaging with Mexican culture? Well, I do Duolingo every single day. I learn uh, the Spanish language. I own a few Spanish language novels that I still can't read through comfortably. Um, but I do a lot of the hows to get closer to it because I know I love it. And I don't care why I love it. I just do. And it makes me happier to be around it. There are things like that for you. Writing is one of those things. Stop worrying about why you love it. It's useless, it's fruitless, it's unprofitable to know why, but if you know how you can live your favorite life, then just keep doing those things. Um, reflecting on them won't fix anything. Come at me if you want, jodyjsperling at gmail.com. Make comments on Substack. I would love it if you would follow and subscribe for the Substack. It helps you not to miss any single episodes. Like for example, you might've wondered where this podcast was yesterday, usually drops on Mondays. Kids have been home five out of the last seven school days. The kids have been home and it is tiring and it requires more of me than usual. So, you know, things are a little bit late. Things are a little bit loosey-goosey, but we're doing what we're doing. We're getting there. We're getting done until Wednesday. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?